Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. They all just laughed and said, that boy, he, he who's got woe, whoa, he lives with woe, 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 everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the New Kids on the Block podcast. Yidu, I got a song for you this week. Did you I like know. It? Yeah, I, I love being serenaded by you. That's great. <laughs> You know when you have like a song stuck in your head and you're just like uh-huh. singing it? I'm like, what am I going to say this week? Well, you know what? I'm going to just, <laughs> the song that's stuck in my head, I need to get uh, it out cathartically on the podcast, you know? Do, do you know what song I got stuck in my head? This oh, week? tell me, tell me. It's the, um, there's this infamous um, TikTok video that's going around uh-huh. in the crypto world. I, I think it's called Crypto Boy. Crypto um, boy. Yeah, you have to check it out if you haven't yet. It's like it's so addictive. Like I've listened to it like twice, but like it's basically stuck in my head the entire week. Maybe we can uh we can put a, a link to the to that song in the show notes for right, folks right. so they can satisfy their their TikTok hunger. I know I, I have to say shave myself from time to time. <laughs> How have you been, man? How's everything going? Um been all right. Been all right. Um I think it's been kind of a slow week um in you know in terms of crypto um you know after all, after all the catastrophic you know event that took place uh, last week this week has been kind of slow at least in my opinion I feel like people are still like reeling from the impact of of the luna uh, catastrophe um so I don't know I just feel like it's 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 kind of a lull but I feel like you know there has been a lot of like you know, just just pessimistic, um, you know, fears and and you know uncertainties in the market, and that's kind of just kind of makes me feel ah, oh, I have to 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 do this for like another three years until the next bull run. I don't know. It's just a little bit gives me a little bit of a heart attack sometimes. Time to keep saying the, the catastrophe you're talking about is obviously us having to report record the podcast twice <laughs> last week, right? That's, right, right. That's what oh, you're referring to. That's that's the second catastrophe uh, right next to Luna for sure. Right. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, um I think the market and maybe we, I mean, we can we can probably dig into that, but I I don't think things look different than they did before. Um Mm. like this whole notion of like the pandemic and how you know the economics of it is something that we don't have good data on because the last time anything like this happened was over 100 years ago right so it's Mm going to be really tough to predict i guess um how markets will look cyclically if that's a word um (laughs) over over the course of you know i mean since 2011 i mean the last major you know issue that we've had at least in the u.s economy was back in 2008 right mm-hmm. um and people weren't tracking uh <laughs> what the crypto market looked back then because it was, a, it was a glimmer in satoshi's eye right mm-hmm. so um yeah interesting to uh to to dig all into I, that i did i did see some interesting stats the other day um i haven't validated this yet so feel free to check me um but there was this chart uh comparing the 
um, you know, S&P 500, you know, return uh, over the past, I think it was two years in comparison to crypto, uh, both including Bitcoin and Ethereum. I believe the stats shows that S&P 500 was like down, um, like I think it was like 5%, whereas um, both Ethereum and Bitcoin were up, um, you know, by, on average by like um, 3%. So, you know, maybe all this gloom and doom is 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 still like mm. it's it's not great but obviously you know but the, the traditional equity market is even worse um that's what i'm trying to say yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of like smoke and mirrors in this space um even outside of like technical analysis and all that stuff did you you know this this kind of grinded my gears a little bit did you ever follow or or check out any of the the content from Coin Bureau? Are you Coin familiar with Bureau? That? Can't say that there's, I do. There's like a British guy named Guy, um, uh-huh. and he like explains things in like a very nice way um, for beginners. And you know, when I was yeah. like you know brushing up on stuff, I'd watch a lot of their videos. Are you from, are you familiar with this at all? Um, not really. Tell me more. So it was like some of the most wholesome content, I think, for crypto. Like, you know, uh. the guy gets on there and he explains everything in a very like layman's way. And it's great. And he's got mm-hmm. a great British accent, you know, that just makes it lulls you oh, into yeah. a false sense. It always sells. For sure. yep. <laughs> so I always I always thought that they, that, you know, it was such like, you know, a neutral content and stuff like that. And then like. Uh-huh. I recently found out that the the person who started Coin Bureau is like a marketing uh like fund or whatever and the original oh. creator of it is a guy from Goldman Sachs and the guy that they get to do all the the videos his name's probably not even guy his name's like Mike or something <laughs> <laughs> like that. They so, do do. I just don't know what to believe in anymore. Um so yeah that's it's a you got to I think I think the, the the message to all the listeners is you always got to double double check triple check don't listen to the things that we're saying like mm-hmm. you know things that we're saying are interesting but you know take the things we're saying and go and self validate them right like go and check out yeah. all the things that we're talking about and not not just us like anybody right like right right there's a lot of uh, tomfoolery that occurs mm-hmm. uh, in this space and um, don't don't trust yeah. always verify yeah right. Right. Trust. Don't trust, but verify or, or trust, trust, but verify. Trust and you verify. Want to do. Yeah. But just trust us, but nobody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Just trust so, no new kids on the block. There's, just, you know, we can never be wrong. <laughs> and we're not, we're not Jade. Uh, actually, funny enough. Um, do you have any uh, hopes to um, monetize this podcast anytime soon? You do? Just a curious question. For right. You before we, um, I don't think so uh i mean yeah i'm just enjoying providing the free content to everybody so unless you want to we can talk about it this is free this is free all right yeah check your own sources on everything god damn it all right um let's talk about the state of the market a little bit um so you know six weeks closing on a red candle for bitcoin um current price about down three percent today Uh, looking at coin market cap we're down about 2.5, 2.5%. Um, so some people that are bullish would say consolidation phase. Other people would say that are bearish would say, hey, this is a bear market, my friend. We've closed mm-hmm. we've closed six weeks with, uh, with a red candle and um, volumes are down and all of that stuff. But 
I want to know what does the crypto Yoda say? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we're in the bear, bear market. Um, I hate to say this, but uh, I think we, you know, we've been kind of missed this. Um, remember, we talked about this this TK cross. Um, talking about technical analysis um, back in uh, March. Uh, this is the weekly chart, by the way. So we, we had that um, bearish TK cross back in March 2022, and uh, we kind of dipped into the cloud, um, actually dipped below the cloud um, to 29K. Um, I believe that was the very first time we had that bearish ticket cross um, since 2019. Um, you know, we had a bull, bull, bullish ticket cross in uh, early 2020, which, you know, launched the, um, the bull run uh, we had, um, you know, last year. So, Again, the, the, the TK cross is the the crossing of the slow moving and the fast moving averages. Is that what it is? Or yeah, it's the it's the fast moving average crossing from above, uh, underneath the um, the slow moving average. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So basically, it's like it's a signal signals the the reversal of the trend, uh, especially when you're on a high time frame like a weekly chart. Uh, it tells you you know this is when the wind is starting to shift. So yeah, I mean, and, and then from there, you know, if you look at the cloud, we we, we didn't how we didn't hold the cloud uh, at um, tw- sorry thirty three k, we fell below the cloud again. This is a weekly chart, high time frame, high rel- reliability, and um, yeah, I mean now we're at what twenty nine k. We did have twenty twenty five twenty five k, maybe that was the wick. That was the lowest wick. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could have been worse. Like Michael Saylor, Saylor could have been margin called. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, hell would have broken loose if he got margin called. And if, um, and if anyone is unfamiliar with what you is talking about, um, mm-hmm. basically the 25K mark, um, there's there's speculation or at least, I guess, a monicum of evidence that says Michael Saylor, of course, the most infinite, infamous um, mm-hmm. Bitcoin, uh, I guess, like maximalist that's out For there. Sure. Has been leverage buying as well, Bitcoin, and yeah. that his 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 number his his drop dead number is twenty five k. Yeah. Bitcoin. So. Yeah, I I I think I've I've read about like various sources. Some people say it's like twenty two k. Some some people say it's twenty one k. But it's close, right? You know, when we hit that 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 range, uh, it's it's more or less like with maybe he's like thirty percent away from the margin call either way that was very i i can't imagine michael Saylor sitting in his in his office and watching the chart goes oh my god i'm like 30 percent away from getting margin called and everything goes into zero if i get margin called so yeah so it was it was not great but you know i think we kind of survived it like we could mm-hmm. have gone to gobbling town um from there but we didn't you know we, we got you know we bought things up um now it's back at 29k, uh, close to 30k. So, you know, if you are really optimistic about it, you can say the the structure is still kind of intact. Um, but in my opinion, you know, it's gonna take a while um, for us to recover from this 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 craziness that we just saw. Well, you know who would agree with you? Um, Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff, uh, probably, <laughs> yes. If he's not chomping down on a gold bullion at this point, um, right. yes. Um, but also Robert Kiyosaki. Are you familiar with Robert Kiyosaki? Hmm. Not really. So Robert Kiyosaki is a famous author. He authored this fantastic book about like personal finance that I personally love. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, oh, if yeah. you've ever heard of that. And, heard of um, the podcast. 
uh, he has his own podcast as well. He's a fairly um, intelligent guy. Um, I think that's that's not a not too controversial thing to say. <laughs> and he came out on Twitter this week and tweeted to his 1.9 million followers that he quotes, I remain bullish on Bitcoin's future, waiting for the test of the new bottom. 20,000, 14,000, 11,000, 9,000. Why do I remain bullish? Because I believe that the Fed and Treasury are corrupt organizations. Wow. Yeah. Wow, he came out with his gunslinging. <laughs> People, that's, I didn't, wow, that's, I mean, I agree with him. I agree with, I think that's, that's probably why people are still bullish on this thing. It's because, you know, Bitcoin is, is, is the safe haven, in my opinion. Like, when I know, like, things are looking great right now, but if you look at how, you know, inflation is, is running amok and how we're, you know, we still have a war going on in Ukraine and, um, you know, Fed is going to, they're starting to tighten things, but, you know, it's going to be a very difficult next couple of years or months uh, mm-hmm. from the inflation standpoint. Um, I know it sounds ironic, but I think Bitcoin is still going to, in the long run, in a long enough timeline, is still going to, you know, be valued uh, properly, meaning that the, 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 the um, you know, definitive supply is going to be a factor when it comes to valuing Bitcoin. Uh, as opposed to the U.S. dollars, which is going to be um, printed randomly for the next hundred years, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Mike Novogratz, um, mm-hmm. who was the um, Galaxy Digital CEO, and he's like a Bitcoin bull. He also came out and basically cautioned, um, you know, people and said, you know, that that uh, Bitcoin and uh, alts are down, I guess, eighty percent from all-time yeah. highs. But in two thousand seventeen, it was over ninety-five percent. So that right. means there could be another 70% pain in the market. Folks, don't ask me why the difference between 80% and 95% is 70% currently. All right. That's for you to do that, that calculation. <laughs> um, but um, this is, you know, another great example he, he claims of, of DCAing into projects that you like, right? Don't try mm-hmm. and catch the falling knife that is the bottom of a market. Just continue to buy things that you like maybe every week. And continue right. to accumulate at, at at low prices, right? I, I find it funny that Mike Novogratz is the guy who's coming out and say, "Hey, prepare for the co- your coin to go down ninety five percent," while he's one of the biggest bull for Luna. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I so I wonder he... how his portfolio is doing lately. Well, maybe we can we can talk about that. Maybe uh, a little bit of foreshadowing for mm-hmm. another topic, for but. Sure. Um, the interesting thing about all of this is it's it's kind of doom and gloom. I think there's a lot of doom and gloom in the market. But then you have our good friend Suzu, mm. obviously from three uh you know three arrows capital, mm-hmm. um, CEO of the of the crypto hedge fund, and he thinks, um, or at least he lists three potential catalysts for the next Bitcoin rally, whenever that may be. So, if you're reading the tea leaves and they're all negative, that's great. I think what suzu is saying that there is a there are certain um uh, metrics um then he if you're familiar with the mayor multiple um it's a it's a chart effectively um and it's currently hovering at historical lows so mm-hmm. he's saying that currently bitcoin is is undervalued um mm-hmm. and bitcoin has been trading at a premium during the asia session so that there's some inequities yeah. in the market um, and he claims that there are 
three potential catalysts, um, the three of which is um, El Salvador, because <laughs> mm. <laughs> they have a conference of, of 44 central banks. Uh, they're, okay. they're the primary use case right now for creating Bitcoin as a centralized currency for, a, uh, for countries. The other um, catalyst, he claims, is OPEC. Um, that could potentially be using uh, Bitcoin for international payments. And um, uh, the third is commodity nation sovereign wealths to conduct um, like allocations based on Bitcoin. So you have uh, uh, sovereign wealth funds like the Saudis and the Qataris and the Emiratis out there um, that are, you know, allocating portions of their wealth funds from commodity centric um, to 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 Bitcoin, right? So additional right. investment in those in those, uh, I mean, from from large funds, right? From funds that have the GDP of small countries, right? Um, that that you know, fractions of those types of uh, of wealth funds uh, will mm-hmm. substantially drive the market. So, you know, there's a little bit of uh, sunny side up for you there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think those are definitely kind of silver linings um, to this big cloud we're dealing with. Um, But what I would say about Sue is that he, well, first of all, he's, you know, he has his own skin in the game, right? It's not like he's just like this, you know, impartial, you know, financial analyst who does not have any skin in the game. Are you uh, saying he's... that this billionaire is not altruistic? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> I hate to break it to you, man, but he's not. Oh, no, uh... <laughs> after Guy let me down, don't let me down too, Zoo. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I think he's, oh, Sue has been, I think I, I follow, I follow him, you know, starting in 2017 on during the last bull run. Um, he was very, um, you know, super sharp, super sharp and super smart financial trader back in the days um he started uh 3ac capital just a little background uh with kyle davis um i think they were back in in singapore um and they basically traded um this kind of small small shop into one of the the leading crypto native uh funds in the space so he's gotten big bigger much bigger now compared to 2017 and what he say on the twitter space has a lot of you know sway in the market um so sometimes you know sue says something you know you will you you can move the market by like five percent so he's no longer and i think he's aware of that right he knows that whatever he say will play a role in moving the market um so maybe he's using that to try to pump the market i don't know um but i would just you know like everything else right you always trust uh don't verify uh, do your own research um I'm sure these are all great catalysts for Bitcoin, but you know things can take a while to to materialize, especially if we're talking about nation state or sovereign state. Um, so yeah, just you know, do your own research. Don't don't just copy trade Sue because he because he could be on the other side of trade trying to make money off of you. Don't get liquidated. Yeah. Um. By the way, that the mayor multiple that I mentioned before is is an indicator that gauges the current price of Bitcoin against its uh, two hundred day uh, moving average. I see. So yeah. it's it's a it's definitely a tech a piece of technical analysis that we can certainly look at. Um, one one little piece of um, I guess a resource that is probably interesting for um some of our readers if they're unfamiliar with uh, and there's certainly ones that I look at are um, look into Bitcoin.com. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. 
check yep. that website out. I don't know if a lot of people have, or if you're kind of new to this I love space. That yeah. Um, they have a bunch of charts, um, with like some great indicators in there. Um, like there's this great, um, Bitcoin ram- rainbow price chart, um, that I love to look at. Um, mm. that kind of just gives me an idea of kind of where we are and it, it generally gives you an idea, um, of like where we are in the in the cycle yeah i mean so bitcoin right now is still cheap <laughs> mm. comparatively uh on on the chart um so you know we're we're well into the buy zone according to this chart N- notoriously it's been pretty accurate right um, you're, you're talking about the, the rainbow price chart yeah exactly oh, okay. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll i'll put a link to it in the uh into the show notes but um just uh you know more data is good especially data that's widely available on the internet. Um, yeah. You don't, ha- you don't necessarily need like a trading view account to put together all these crazy indicators. Um, you can, you can kind of take a look into, into some of these. It tells you who created them. Unfortunately, right. a lot of them were created by plan B. Um, but <laughs> yeah, plan B has become such a meme. He's a hundred trillion USD is his at on, on Twitter. Guys, right. if you want to take a look at him. But uh, this was a guy saying that Bitcoin was going to a hundred K based on his models. Um, and, but, and he's uh, never wrong according to himself. He's, he's never like, oh, wrong yeah. because the models always change. Yes. Right, We're right. the same way here on new kids. So, mm-hmm. um, that's enough about Bitcoin um, and the general state of the market. Let's talk about Ethereum, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's more exciting, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. There was some um, some fairly big news that came out this week, um, which is kind of this. Um, you know, they set a date for the Ethereum mm. merge um, for ETH two point So, for any of our listeners that are unfamiliar with what Ethereum is, we did a whole podcast episode about Ethereum. It was one of our first kind of episodes. Um, so you can certainly go and check that out. And we talk about Ethereum. We talk about proof of work. We talk about mm-hmm. all the great stuff about Ethereum, how it's a platform for distributed applications. And it does a bunch of things like decentralized finance. And because Ethereum is such a ubiquitous, largely used um, platform, a, a blockchain platform for uh, you know various cryptocurrency related use cases, um, it has a notoriously expensive and kind of slow network, right? So at a Web 3.0 Ethereum developer summit, um, there is, um, you have kind of Vitalik who came out this week mm-hmm. and announced the merger date after several delays last year. If the, the, the running joke wow. is that they've been saying this for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they were just waiting for, for Ethereum to dump so that people can have something to hope for <laughs> in right. the next bull run. A good a good pump uh, a good pump mechanism built yeah. into the, to yeah. the news cycle. That, that's what I would like to believe because it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I mean, um so what the what is the 2.0 like suggestion? Do, are, are you familiar with that? Maybe we can clue clue some listeners in. Yeah. That. Yeah, I think we we may have alluded to this in the past. Um, so basically, when we talk about the, the traditional models, the consensus model for Ethereum, it is based on a proof of work, uh, just like Bitcoin. Um, but somewhere down the line, I think there was this this new school of thoughts uh, about you know how should we um, change that model, you know, not only for environmental concern but also for the overall efficiency of the network. So. 
yeah, I mean, the idea of, of the Ethereum 2.0 was was brought up um, maybe in 2016, I believe. Um, but, you know, it has been implemented uh, in, on the testnet for, for a while now and originally it was planned for Q1 2022. Um, and it was pushed back uh, to, you know, now until it's like eight, uh, August. Hopefully, I hope there's no more delay because it's been um, pushed multiple times even before 2022. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds like if, if Vitalik is saying that we're, we're close, uh, I would say, you know, we, we might be actually close. Yeah. So Preston Van Loon, who's like the lead developer, came out and said it first, and then Vitalik mm. basically confirmed it um, with the caveat that mm. um, they'll move to proof of stake off of proof of work, assuming there are no issues encountered during development. Right. Mm. So yeah, uh, that's a big if, if, right? If all goes well. I mean, the, the funny thing is that they've they've scaled back what was supposed to be in ETH 2.0, like substantially um, mm-hmm. from a technology perspective. There were supposed to be things like distributed sharding um, right. and some other like network efficiencies that were supposed to make it um, faster. Um, and, you know, the, the proof of stake, um, which is kind of it, it will be the, the, the future, I think, potentially a proof of stake. Right. Because mm-hmm. everything, all of these other blockchains and cryptocurrencies that are like evm compatible they'll be relying on eth 2.02 right right whether it's bridging over or i mean there, there's so much that rely relies on the ethereum network so right. ensuring that it all works out great um is going to be critical yeah um, but um potentially we can see some price action right um for sure. maybe, maybe this summer for for ethereum um so that's definitely one to one to watch there Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's a great point you just raised. Like we're not talking like it's not about not all about uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum anymore. Uh, There's so many other alternative layer one chains um, that are either EBM compatible or or not. And for those EBM compatible chains, definitely the the ETH 2.0 merge is going to have an impact on those. Um, You know, I'd be curious to see how um, Avalanche or um, the other, um, you know, EVM compatible chains will be interacting with the the new Ethereum consensus model, and hopefully there won't be any 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 uh, kinks, you know, or immediate bugs that's gonna th- slow things down further further. Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I'm I've become I, I gotta confess something to you. I've yeah. I've become All very right. cynical over the course of the last nine months, you know, you brought yeah. me along on this journey through the highs and now we're right. hitting the lows and it's, right. it's been emotional for me. I, I, was, <laughs> I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at the beginning of this and thought, uh-huh. you know, wag me, we're all going to make it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm very skeptical, you know, you know, even guy from coin bureaus, not guy right. and all that stuff is starting to weigh on me. Right. So and Suju is not even thinking I, altruistic before I ourselves. Know. Imagine, right. All of this stuff is, is, <laughs> is, is coalescing into mm-hmm. kind of this large cynical bomb, um, mm-hmm. for me in my mind. So I look at that August date and I say, why August? Mm. It's such a peculiar date. Right. So right. after doing more research, you discover that there is something called a difficulty bomb mm. in the Ethereum kind of network. Right. So are you familiar with this the, the difficulty bomb? Yeah, I, I, I keep hearing about it in the development community, um, but I'm not really um, 
a solidity programmer. So um, <laughs> yeah, I can't really share. You know, Could have fooled me. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean the 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 basic idea behind this difficulty bomb is that like, I guess back in 2016, like ETH devs basically wanted to implement this thing called a difficulty bomb. Now what it is, and if you know anything about cryptocurrency mining, it, a miner is essentially a computation, right? A logic puzzle that your computer or machine, whatever you want to call it has to do in order to be awarded, um, you know, to validate consensus on the network and to be awarded, you know, um, rewards um, Mm -hmm. from mining. And what they, uh, you know, what the difficulty bomb effectively is, is it's going to make those logic puzzles that your, that your miner has to do more complex. And what does that essentially mean? That means that um, you, it will effectively be more expensive to mine Ethereum it will make Ethereum's network slower um, because the computational logic behind the algorithm for validating consensus is going to be more more complex. Um, it is going to drive up costs, right, reasonably, um, because less blocks will be uh, printed um, than, than prior um, on the uh, Ethereum blockchain. So... When was this logic bomb set to be implemented, uh, my dear Watson? I wonder. August. <laughs> so when you look at these two dates, they seem to line up pretty good. Um, you got August for the difficulty bomb in place, and you have this Ethereum merge to proof of stake um, that is supposed to happen in August as well. Um so it's going to get pretty like interesting if there are any delays because you know kind of like the Ethereum community has decided to like not push off this um or or freeze the the difficulty bomb logic in the in the network. Um so if they don't figure out ETH 2.0 before then, which is in testnet, it's in the testing environment, so they're testing it out right now. Things are going to get a little uh, a little interesting for the uh, for the Ethereum holders. Comments, thoughts? For sure, yeah. Now, now I wonder, like, <laughs> what the the Bitcoin maximalists are gonna come in and like gloat over the Ethereum people because they always, you know, one of the key criticism for Ethereum from the Bitcoin maxis is that, oh, you guys can just you know make a arbitrary call and and you know do whatever like whatever Vitalik says, you can just you can roll back the chain, you can like. You know, mm-hmm. reorg the chain, do whatever you want. Uh, I wonder if this is, you know, something else that they're like, oh, if they really want, the developers could have pushed off the bomb, right? Like, imagine, imagine if they actually did that. Like, they if they pushed off the bomb to like December, just to accommodate um, ETH 2.0, that's gonna set a whole another like, you know, crossfire debate between the Ethereum and Bitcoin community. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope they don't because you know, I mean, this is not the fact that they we've delayed the the ETH two point for such a long time. It's not a great look on the ETH community development community, and I just hope that you know they really can deliver uh, regardless of the the difficulty bomb. Yeah, I mean, so uh, you know, uh, a little bit uh, of a of a reveal on my side. I obviously work in software development, right? Mm-hmm. I work in the software development space. Let's not say that they can't do it because they certainly could, even though they're saying they're not going to do it now. I mean, 
you know, you can have a, you can have a, a P1, a level one type of type of mm-hmm. issue, uh, a stop in production, uh, showstopper type of issue in the Ethereum network. And they can certainly push off this logic bomb. I'm sure programmatically it's not an issue to right. roll back those changes. As you said, it's more work for the Ethereum developers, certainly. But um, I just, I just, I, I find it funny how like, you know, when you actually look at the, 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 technical aspects behind a lot of this technology it kind of lines up with like the smoke that's coming from the news cycle Mm. right like oh yeah wow august wow what a very random arbitrary (laughs) date oh by the way there's this whole technical reason why they're doing it under the covers that nobody bothers to look up right right i'm uh i'll digress there yeah you you guys have you you've become a crypto investigative investigative <laughs> journalist. Yes, yes. Uh, I've been reading white papers. It's uh, yeah. If if I wasn't bored of doing that in my normal day job, uh, <laughs> it's it's super fun now. Yep. Let's talk about something else because uh-huh. uh, Ethereum is is great, um, and Bitcoin is great. But let's talk about SBF, man. Oh yeah. Have you seen what this guy's been doing? Um, I, I, I've heard about a lot of movements about how FTX is trying to kind of venture into the, the traditional stock market. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, Sam Bankman fried, of course, like one of the youngest billion or gazillionaires, whatever the hell he's got a lot of money. Let's put it that mm. way. Right. Um, the, you know, he owns FTX or he owns the CEO or whatever the hell he is. Um, and in the same week, within the same breath, he buys a 7% stake in Robinhood trading. Right. And then he announces on his own platform that he's going to provide stock, a stock exchange uh, for crypto type of mechanism with an FTX, hmm. um, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but far be it for me to question uh, a guy like him. Um, but... Um, hmm. Yeah, FTX basically came out this week and announced um, that they are going to soon allow traditional stock trading alongside its crypto offerings. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think it's necessarily the first time we've heard of this because I think Robinhood was kind of touting that you could potentially do this as well. But, you know, FTX is obviously mainly known as a crypto exchange. Sure. Um, so so providing that type of offering is is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting, and I think that's. I think even CZ uh, from from um, Binance tried to do that last year, uh, maybe a few years back. You know, I think there, there's like only finite amount of money uh, in the crypto space um, that they can make. You know, when they feel like they've saturated market, um, these you know smart billionaires they're gonna find new ways to to make money. And to yep. me. Um, you know, stock market is a natural uh, progression uh, on their journey to to venture into next. Um, the fact that you know FTX, uh, SBF can can build such a successful exchange in such a short period of time um, is a strong testament to his ability to to solve complex issues problems um, with his resources. Right, like FTX is still a pretty small company. Yeah, like, I think they've only started, in, um, you know, since twenty seventeen. So the fact that he was able to, to 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 basically have this company grow into one of the top exchanges, uh, crypto exchanges, is is no small feat. And I have I think he has definitely has the tools to to venture in this into this traditional stocks market. But um, 
we'll see we'll see how this one goes for for um, mr sam yeah so so technically what he's proposing to do is substantially different than what like um robin hood or other types of exchanges are doing Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you're familiar with like what Robin hood does, they do something which is called payment for order flow. Mm-hmm. So like you ever ask yourself, like, why does my E-Trade and Robin hood and all of these things offer me like, um, you know, $0 trading. Yeah. What's in it for your, uh, you know, trade book or your, <laughs> your investment company, um, to offer you $0 trading. Um, well, essentially what they do is they sell your trade to market makers, mm-hmm. right? So they pass along, um, you know, let, like, let's say you want to buy a hundred shares of a stock in a company, um, instead of like routing that order to like a public exchange, like the NASDAQ, which is what FTX wants to do, by the way, right? right? They want to route your order directly to NASDAQ. Um, what like Robinhood and some of these other comp- you know types of companies do that are offering these zero dollar trades is they're routing your trade to third party financial institutions that are known as market makers, mm. right? And um, they buy and sell stocks, right? But they're yeah. they're paying brokerages to send them orders, yeah, right. So, um, you know they they basically create these spreads. Right. So mm-hmm. like they, they front run your orders. So when you oh, send, yeah, for sure. when you send your orders, you're making market buys, um, and these zero, zero dollar types of, 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 you know, you ever wonder why when, when any, anytime you want to do a limit buy, it's like a, a commission. And when you want to do a market buy, it's free. Right. Um, it's because they're creating these spreads and they're making like 10% on every one of your, on every one of your bets or every, every one of your trades. So, like a lot of people are, you know, criticize that way of doing it, right? It's like yeah. a, it's a, it's a conflict of interest potentially. But FTX is is trying to route directly to Nasdaq. I, th- I thought that was awesome. That's great. I think that's what happened during the um the GameStop saga. Yes, um, exactly. Ago, right, because yes. they were trying to, they had to like short circuit their trades because too many people are are, are on the other side of the trade. Mm-hmm. They see they they feel. They fear uh, losing money, so they have to like stop people from trading. Ironically, in order to make themselves whole or make their um the market maker who's on the who's batching all these trades whole. So the fact that FTX is trying to break that model uh, is pretty awesome. I think so. So I so again, I put on my little detective hat and I mm-hmm. um kind of looked into um how FTX is actually doing this and. What they're doing is they're providing something called a tokenized stock. Mm. So they're actually letting you buy a stock in exchange for a token. Right. Right. And that's how they're allowing you to kind of own fractional stocks um, through through a token that they purchase through their um, their like business entity that's in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Right. And you you can actually trade in your your USDC currently. I believe that's that's the the one mechanism that they allow you to do it. So you mm-hmm. can trade in your USDC to to buy um, tokens of a stock. And then if you actually want to redeem that that instrument or that equity, um, you do it through um, the the you know the backed shares that are custodied by FTX Switzerland. Right. Um, they're looking into other ways to kind of withdraw that in the future. So I think you, you kind of like asked me about that last week. I didn't have a great answer. Um, or I think you asked me about it, man. I don't, I don't know anymore. 
but <laughs> you asked me technically how it's how it's being done um and that's how they're doing it right yeah, it's all kyc stuff and yeah that's how that's really cool i think that's kind of you know the idea of um the tokenized stocks i know like Robinhood does offer you like fractional share but you don't really own that share um it's not something that you can say hey uh can i redeem my um you know 0.7 share of apple right you can't really do that uh but with this token i don't know how whether it's going to go on chain or not but um maybe maybe there's some sort of mechanism to 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 redeem that or or, or validate that on chain uh, i th- i think that would be really cool um, given that FTX is a crypto native um, exchange, um, yep. I can definitely see Sam coming up with some mechanism to imagine like trading on chain, uh, trading stocks on chain. That would be really cool. You might need a good Oracle for that. Just saying. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, chain. I love chain. <laughs> like, um, no, no uh, that, that's not a surprise probably to any of the listeners, but um. <laughs> I'm really interested to kind of like see like how they deal with fractionalized tokenized stocks since they are backed by the actual equity itself that's being custodied. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you have a fraction of a stock, you obviously can't redeem that for a fraction of the actual share of an sure. equity in a public company. So what do they do? Do they take that and liquidate it and give you like money or USDC back for the fractional? Yeah. Right. Like I'm curious to see how that's all going to kind of work out or if they... I- yeah, I mean the way you described it, it sounds like USDC is the the redeeming um, mechanism. Yep. Like in case there's like some sort of bank run, you can always redeem USDC out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean again, you know, I know it's it's, it's a centralized uh, stable coin, but given what happened last week uh, or the past <laughs> two weeks, maybe that not be the terrible idea. <laughs> Hopefully, Circle or uh, I think Circle is the name of the yep. company that issues um, yep. USDC. Hopefully, they don't, they don't go under. Check their bank. Uh, <laughs> no, they'll be fine. Bad. They're they're backed by Wall Street and the U.S. government. So. Yeah, that's hey man. That's those are two good people to have in your back pocket. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, what else has been in the news? I think obviously Sam Bankman-Fried is awesome. We talked about that. Oh yeah, do you mm. remember like what, that whole Terra thing that you were mentioning? That little thing that, oh, that yeah. happened. Like I've, I've got so much, so many comments. Like people came out came coming out of work and telling me how they love the luna episode so <laughs> good job on us it only took us two times folks to do it, it only so took us two times. yeah be very impressed that we were very good at the source material the second time around <laughs> so obviously like this um you know this this kind of like thing has um you know developed over the course of even last week there's been more news to come out Mm-hmm. You have um, the all too altruistic Ken Griffin, famous <laughs> for buying a rare copy of the U.S. Constitution and killing a very popular DAO that me and you do both love, uh, mm-hmm. hopes in, in buying a rare copy of the Constitution for his son for fun, mm-hmm. um, came out and basically comment, uh, commented on the terror catastrophe. And he says... I do think that the terror catastrophe should be a wake-up call to DC to actually focus on thoughtful regulation. And in particular, stablecoin, by virtue of its name, almost demands being appropriately regulated. Right? And then he comes out and um, uh, the that he still has questions around Tether. Right? 
And Bloomberg's done some phenomenal work on Tether. What's behind Tether? The fact that we don't know is utterly absurd, right? The largest market cap of any stable coin being called into question now. No stable coins are safe, you do. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, this guy is just throw, throwing FUD left and right into crypto. Like, I think he genuinely, genuinely hates crypto. Like, he's just doing everything he could to, like, sabotage us. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, um, did he also throw FUD? I mean, I think the whole thing about Luna is, is I agree with him in the sense that, you know, we need more regulation, like, to protect the consumers for these alg uh, algorithm-based um, stable coins, but I, I don't know. Like with Tether, like has been it's been around forever. Like I know there's some questions about, you know, what is being backed by, like what's what's in their treasury. But you know, it, come on, you so, know, like everybody uses Tether. Like there's no like, yeah, it's basically like a, a soft version of USDC. I just don't see how you can fut uh, Tether out of out of Terra Luna. Well, his argument is very much like, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, you know, arguing with a sibling and you're like, well, they get to go to bed at nine o'clock. Why can't I go to bed at nine o'clock like mom and dad type thing? Like he he literally states, quote unquote, just as we have daily disclosures for ETF holdings, we should have periodic disclosure of what backs the stable coins so that people know their money is safe or not. So. You know, just because my company is regulated doesn't mean that not yeah. everyone else should be regulated. Come on, folks. Uh, gotta love Ken Griffin, man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute know, genius. Um, check, checking in on the other side of the coin, though. Um, you know, hmm. uh, a lot of the lunatics, uh, what is affectionately known as, um, you know, the, the famous backers of, um, you know, the Luna Project basically came out this week. Um, and asked Do Kwan, who is this uh, very famous founder, um, uh, who's kind of, you know, in the limelight lately. Mm -hmm. I think it's a place he likes to Literally. be personally. Yep. Um, and they basically asked him for a burn address for um, for Terra Luna, so that for their own coins, right? For their own coins, so that <laughs> people can burn Terra Luna to get rid of a large amount of the. Um, you know, it's like six trillion or something that's been printed now. There's like a gazillion trillion of Luna that's on the yeah. market right now. Yeah, yeah. So he, he 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 came out and said, um, you know, people asked him for it, and he provided the wallet address, and then he says, to clarify, as I've noted multiple times, I don't think sending tokens to this address to burn tokens is a good idea. Nothing happens except that you lose your tokens. Why would you do this? literally burning your own money right so i think that's yeah i think this is like some of the sort of late late stage capitalism stuff <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> like like have have come on man have the decency to make that comment before creating the burn address for right. people to send i, I think over or, or even just don't do it like don't tell or just don't do it yeah. yeah i mean like uh i mean i mean luna's been volat volatility trading over the course of the past week no. right so it's up 100 percent. it's down 50 it's 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 trading like an like you know one of those speculative altcoins right so uh i just think it's it's hilarious um that this guy you know basically says um you know do it if you want to i just can't logically understand right. it but oh by the way here's the address yeah. go out there and, and do it uh, yeah 
What are your thoughts? I mean, it is crazy that he's doing this, but it's also crazy that there's people, there's his his staunchest supporters who are still, you know, believing in him and 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 following suit, right? These are the people who lost a crap ton of money in this trade, but they're still somehow have faith in him. And that just tells you how much of a cold personality he is. Mm. And maybe to some extent, um, I'm going to use the word gullible. Um, some of these these investors are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate to see, like, like maybe is he doing that just to provide some exit liquidity? Or is he doing that to save UST, which is traditionally more, um, I guess, geared towards for the big money, like the hedge funds, um, mm. you know, his big client, big pocket clients. Yep. I don't know. But to me, like the saddest part of all of this is that it's the, the retail, you know, customers that's losing money, you know, after losing money for the first time, now they're burning their own coins. Is that really going to make a difference when you like, I don't know, subtract uh, 20% supply from a six gazillion of Luna coins? Is that really going to make a difference? I don't know. It's just seems to be it's a little bit desperate and it's a little bit sad, um, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean the the rumors are swirling around this guy, right? Um, so you have people from his own community coming out and saying that he's been skimming um, money off the top of like Luna's success by cashing out hundreds of millions of dollars mm. um, directly out of the Luna market cap to pay like Terra employees' salaries, operating. It's probably a Lambo for him. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, there's other reports coming out that said that, um, and South Korea is actually investigating this as well. Um, that right. centralized exchange were being leveraged to allow um, um, Binance and uh, reportedly Gemini um, that that uh, to bail out certain whales mm-hmm. um, that had a huge amount of UST um, directly at face value, even when UST was depegged to sixty cents on on secondary markets. So yeah um you know people called him a fraud that he has tax liabilities yeah. <laughs> this guy's had quite a week on twitter man oh yeah and and his, if i'm remembering correctly he's still picking up fights with people on twitter like despite all these craziness this these um sheer catastrophe that's been going on with his project he's still you know doubling down on some of these these you know insane remarks he made over the over time and uh, I may have to backtrack from what I said last time. Like maybe he really deserved it. Maybe he really saw this coming and decided to not do anything. And it's starting to, you know, it's really not great to see. It's it's just not only not it's like unethical. It's not retails hurting from this, and yep. you know, there's no winner in the situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, all in all, I think um, it's still a uh, you know, uh, a, a dirty, 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 uh, situation that's going on there. Um, he's, yeah. he's obviously trying to push a hard fork of Terra Luna, um, which is, uh, he's trying to, to turn the current Terra chain and call it Terra classic or something like that. He's and trying move, to do a metallic yeah, he's classic trying. and then create a new one. <laughs> create a new one that doesn't involve UST and basically the whole community is like against it. So they're resorting to burning their own money <laughs> in a wallet and we laugh, Man. but it's 
actually insane and crazy. And if there's any anybody out there that still believes in this guy or this project, I have a bridge in Brooklyn. Meet me there, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll set you straight. I got a good uh, good deal for you, man. Um, yeah, I mean, any any closing thoughts on Terra? No, I, I think you know. We said it all. We I think we've said it all. I think it's it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah, it's time to move on. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I think um, you know we always talk like before these shows, and we're like, what well, you know, what's happened in the market, like. Oh, nothing. I, nothing. I, didn't, I haven't really heard anything that's happened. And then like you dig into it and there's all right. this actual stuff that happened. So we're glad to just share a glimpse, a glimmer, a mm. little piece with you folks and, yeah. uh, you know, afford you the opportunity to go to, to, to go check it out all yourself. Definitely. Anything else you do? No, um, I think uh, the holidays coming up, um, it's just, you know, trying to think of my, something not related to crypto uh, to enjoy myself a little bit for a while. I think that's what usually people do in a, in a, in a bear market. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, if you go on Twitter now, it, it's kind of, the timeline is very dead. <laughs> um, I don't think there's too much going on other than what we just discussed. So maybe it's a good time to, to unwind, you know, not, not check your portfolio, not check the charts, mm-hmm. uh, just enjoy some time off, you know, Go to the pool, have some barbecue, enjoy the weekend off. Guys. Yes, it is a big holiday weekend here in um, the U.S. Um, so we will probably be out for a week, week and a half, enjoying, unwinding. Yep. You do, I'll send you a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You can check that out. Ah, by the great okay. Kiyosaki. Maybe my um, holiday reading. A little holiday reading. It's a very easy read. It's a very short book, and it has pictures, so it's perfect for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and with that being said, thank you very much. Everybody, we will catch you again next time. As always, stay safe out there, Space Cowboys. All right, take it easy. Bye, guys. What is on the street? You found someone. I guess now it goes to tone.